0: Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina.
1: Gentlemen, start your ridden gun. Yeah
2: Good morning, and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, fourteen hundred on the AM side and 98.3 on the FM. And what a contrast from yesterday! It's beautiful out there, Ronnie. Oh, it is gorgeous out there, and it feels like football weather. It does feel like football weather. It, all this stuff blowing around off the trees, <laughs> and some of the trees already bare, and it's uh, it looks looks real good out there. My favorite time of the year. Yeah. How you doing, Greg? You, well, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Like I say, I'm uh,
3: like you. That we had a couple of days there. That uh, well, luckily my painters were able to get get through the, the weather, so we got we got them handled. But uh, yeah, we, yesterday was pretty bad. But today, today would be ideal. What I call ideal football
2: weather. It is perfect football you're weather.
3: Watching it, coaching it, playing it, or whatever.
2: That 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 this is this is football weather right here. And if there's any local tracks running in the area, I think they're going to have a clear sailing for this afternoon and tonight oh, and then to tomorrow.
4: Absolutely. And, and although it's still football, it's just not
2: football weather, we've only got a couple of races left. A couple of big ones. Yeah. But, you know, all the races as far as the trucks and the Xfinity and the Cup boys go, it's... Uh, um, both the next two weekends, this weekend and next weekend, it's the trucks on Friday night, Xfinity on Saturday, and uh, Cup Guys on Sunday afternoon. And last night, we did uh, get the final ones going to uh, Homestead for the trucks. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But we're mostly going to honor today. We're going to talk some racing. Sure. It's a racing show. But it's also... uh, Veterans Day weekend, which yep. Veterans Day technically falls tomorrow, but uh, the holiday is on Monday. And today, believe it or not, uh, whether you know this, and my son being a current United States Marine at Camp Lejeune, it's the 243rd birthday of the Marine Corps. Absolutely. 1775. They were started in Philadelphia we in a bar, thank goodness. <laughs> we can't thank those guys enough either. And you know, you talking about it with the racing. And-
3: it seemed like that the racing and uh, the veterans
2: just go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? That this, that, uh- well, racing's always been real good about uh, honoring veterans, With the, especially, you know, the Atlanta race in the spring is the folds of honor, which is, uh, I didn't realize that every time you folded the flag, it meant something. Yes. Every single fold has a meaning. Yes. And, uh, and we get that gentleman from Atlanta every year to explain that to us or... Or talk about it. And, and um, so this year, um, I mean, today we're going to try to honor, especially as we did at the beginning of the year, We I dedicated, along with you guys, with your permission, uh, I dedicated this whole year to Bud Moore. Right. Because he passed away like the week after our final show last year, which was Dropping the Hammer. And um, so we started out this year honoring Bud Moore. And today... I've got something I think you guys are really, and our listeners are going to enjoy from, um, and it's really got to thank you, Ronnie, for coming up with that device you paid 20 bucks for to, <laughs> to convert. Such, yeah, it was such a, a sacrifice on my part. I know it, and um, that, that uh, converts reel-to-reel you know, tape to a digital file. Yeah. And I've got hours and hours of interviews from the books I've written with with a lot of people, some of them uh, not around anymore, one of which is Bud Moore. But I've got an interview with Bud that we're going to play in our second legend segment. Uh that you're going to enjoy. It's about the 14 minutes long. Talks about him going across France after D-Day. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and his Purple Hearts and the story of him <laughs> capturing the headquarters is, is priceless. <laughs> so we're going to hear all that. I don't want to belabor it too much. And, um, Greg, you, uh, you've you got a father. And as all of us, I'm sure, have a relative close or distant or something that yeah. uh, served in the military. And I tell you, I'm proud of all of mine because I did not. I, 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 right. I just It just didn't. The cards didn't fall that way for me. I didn't avoid it. And well, they, well, I didn't guy, get picked.
4: Guys, our age will know what this mean. A lot of most of the younger kids. When I was four, F. That means because of physical problems, they would take me after the women and children.
2: Yeah,
3: well, and you done a good job. I would have. <laughs> well, <laughs> I done the same thing. You know, I, it, it. I wish I could say that I did serve because you know, you know, Daddy served. My Uncle Clyde, which uh, uh, you know, was my mama's only full brother. He was in, you know, the Navy. And all these other people served, and uh, like I say, I just I just fell into the cusp where, where I remember Mama driving me down the draft board or whatever, and they said, "You don't even need to sign up. Just don't. It's over."
2: Well, I thought I thought you didn't. I thought you said there wasn't a draft because you're five years younger than me.
3: Yeah, they I, done, they just had stopped it. Yeah, and, and but,
2: but I, I was I was gonna make myself available,
3: but I know how important. And all it they had is. to do was come and get you. All they had to do was just come and get me.
2: Say, Bud, excuse me, we need your youngest. Yeah. Well, he
3: would have gladly, he would gladly <laughs> loan, loan me to the to, to the military for a few years, I could assure you.
4: Well,
2: my dad and both his brothers served in World War II. Now, you had told me a very interesting story uh, yes. last week. Go, well, hit my, us with that right now about the...
4: My Uncle Grady, he he was my dad's older brother, and uh, he was fighting in North Africa, and their position got overrun, so they squad commander told them said, every man for himself try to get away so they they all kind of melted back into the, the the jungle and they looked up and saw a tank coming an American tank coming down through the jungle so they ju- jumped out hailed it the only problem was the tank had been captured by the Germans mm. so he spent the next 18 months in a German POW camp in Germany when he went into the camp, he was, he was about six four and weighed about two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Big man, big guy, real big guy, real athletic guy. But then, when he came out eighteen months later, he weighed a hundred and twenty pounds. Mm. So he he had PS, PTSD long before it was ever diagnosed. Uh, again, you guys remember this? They called it the thousand-yard stare back when in our mm-hmm. day. And, uh, bless his heart, Brady never was really quite right after that and, uh, ended up dying pretty young, but, uh, he never would talk about his, his time in the POW camp. The only thing he ever told me was that the German military never fed them. Mm. The only people that fed him, he was actually working on a potato farm.
2: Kind of lucky there, I guess.
4: Well, yeah, because the German peasants who actually owned the farm would sneak them potatoes to eat. And for 18 months, that's all they had was some stolen potatoes.
2: Mm. We have uh, so many stories like that that probably everybody off the street could tell. Sure. And and just uh, we wish we could even take calls today or something to get a few. But we've, we've got a, sh- a pretty tight show lined up and a, a slight... Uh, alteration to the schedule that's just occurred with Mr. Mark Hauser who we were going to well, talk to in the last half hours here. But Mark, I know you probably have a... Uh-uh. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks. And, and, and Mark, you have a different perspective with your lineage. Well, yeah.
5: Um, I'm Jewish
2: heritage. So. Last night was the 80th anniversary I think of Kristallnacht. Is that what they called it? Well, Kristallnacht.
5: Yes, yes. Yes. That's when... Uh,
2: 1938.
5: Yeah, that's when the Germans uh, smashed all the... Uh, Uh, Jewish-owned storefront windows. Right. And that was really... It had been building for many years. Well, not many years. It had been building for about a decade. And that was the true signal that something very bad was about to happen in Germany. Not just to Jewish people, but to Catholics... Political dissidents, LGBT people, uh, Roma's who back then they called gypsies, uh, disabled, uh, disabled people. Yeah, that crystal Knock was kind of a, the 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 signal point that we had reached. They had reached the point of no return. As far as my uh, uh, family history in the uh, military, I don't have a lot of relatives. Both of my parents were only kids, so I have yeah. no aunts, no uncles, no first cousins. Um, my father did not serve. He He was kind of in that, when he was coming up, he was right in that period between Korea and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So had he served, he wouldn't have gone into battle because we were not at war at the time. Uh, I do know I had some great uncles who served overseas, uh, but the U.S. military was hesitant to put them in the European theater because they're Jewish. Yeah. And if the Nazis captured a Jewish shil- soldier, well, that was that. That was it. So uh, I had an uncle named, jo- great uncle named Uncle Joe Hauser. He served in the um, uh, Pacific Theater mm-hmm. and did did some extraordinary things. I can't remember. I don't want to give all the details, but he apparently served with some distinction and then eventually came home and worked for the bazooka bubblegum company. All right.
2: <laughs> well there you go. He was in bazookas. There you go. <laughs> he was an artillery man. Remember bazooka, the little yeah. yeah. bubblegum with
5: the comics in it? Oh, absolutely. And he ended up working for them as some kind of regional rep or salesperson.
2: <laughs> I think I got twelve of those well, in my mouth at one time.
5: Yeah. <laughs> funny funny you
4: should mention bazookas. Actually my dad was in a unit that they were in Texas at the time at Fort Hood. When the Army was developing a new secret weapon. Yeah. Called a bazooka. Oh, okay. There you go. And uh, he he said they, they did get a short leave to come home. Mm-hmm. And they were all admonished, do not mention this new weapon we were right. developing. yeah. And so Daddy comes home to the Mill Village in Fairmont. Mm-hmm. And the first question he's asked by one of the guys in the neighborhood is, what
2: is this bazooka thing? <laughs> another well-kept secret. I, another no well idea. Kept secret. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I can say for my part, um, I was at the University of South Carolina, and I think my situation was all you had to do was be in college and making decent grades, yeah. enough to stay in there. And you got what, a deferment. I was deferred, and in 1971, we went to Germany to visit my brother who was in the army over there, and while I was there, they drew the first lottery, and they, they had two two big bowls, and they'd draw a date out of one and a number out of the other, right. one, one through 365. Well, they drew January 28th in this bowl, and from this one, they drew 357, which meant that... I probably wouldn't have been drafted until the Russians got to uh, maybe Columbia, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of friends of mine got like four and three yeah. and stuff. But I mean, I, well, I I wasn't even there was no way I was going pretty much. But I, I just, just the way it turned out, mine was like thirty fifth,
4: which meant you were going. You were probably going. Yeah. Had I not been four F, I would have. <laughs>
2: yeah. And my dad, he served in uh, North Africa with uh, chasing Rommel around in in the desert. Wow. And Uh, under Mark Clark, who later Mm -hmm. was, when my brother went to the Citadel, he was the president of the Citadel. Right, right, yeah. And uh, then from there, they uh, landed in the Italian invasion at at Sicily, Anzio, and um, went on into Rome and watched. uh, I remember my dad saying that, you know, they wouldn't let them bomb Rome, and they had to watch the Germans come in one side, Fought them and they went into Rome and they came out the other side and they started fighting them again but they couldn't fight them while they were in Rome right but he was in a lot of big battles like uh, Casino Pass Casino Pass which was in Africa which was a goes down I think as a British victory but it was a it's the that first battle scene Casserine that's what it is the first battle scene there in the movie Patton when all the people and the buzzards and the people are stealing the clothes that Casserine Pass my dad was in that battle and. He was in, uh, boy, I'm drawing a blank here, but that big uh, Monte Casino, oh, yes. the big uh, monastery up on the hill, that the more they bombed it, the better it protected the Germans. I mean, right. it gave them more rubble to hide behind. and yeah. This thing was huge. So he, he you know, did that. He was on the front lines and artillery. He was behind the front lines, but he was, you know, there fighting for like, a, I believe it was like 36 months on the front line. Wow. And then, uh, sound like he talked about it too, because a lot of guys come back from oh that yeah. stuff and they won't talk. About my it. father was very proud of his military, and he loved to talk about it. And he wanted his sons to go to the Citadel, and I said, "Look, Pop, you got one of them to go. I'm not going to the Citadel."
4: <laughs> well, I did. My my dad's other brother, Julius, was in the Navy and served in the South Pacific. Yeah. And the one thing that the one, well, two stories that I remember from Julius. He was a side gunner on the USS Salamander, a small, one of the pocket carriers. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to his best friend on the other side of the, the deck over their intercom mm-hmm. when a uh, kamikaze mm-hmm. came into his, his buddy's position. And he was talking to him when he, when he died. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the war, he was also in Tokyo Harbor when they signed the peace agreement. In USS Missouri. He could, from his position on
2: the salamander, he could actually see them as they signed the documents. My, um, I've got to mention this before I I forget it. The only relative of mine that, and he's a cousin, my my mother came from a large family and she was the youngest. So this guy was a cousin, but he was uh, in the U.S. Marine Corps. And when he was 20 years old, not long after he joined actually and, and was shipped to the Pacific, he was killed and he's buried out here at Greenlawn. Um, name's Everett Fine. He was killed on an island called Pelelu, which um, was about the size of Fernwood, where I live. Yeah. Not but very that, big. That
4: is one of the islands that, that you hear in a lot of the war movies. Well,
2: and you know, the thing about Peleliu is they found out right before the long planned invasion that they didn't need to invade it. It was no lot but they went ahead and did it anyway. And there's a big. Uproar to this day about you know why did we go in there and lose twenty thousand guys and when we we didn't it wasn't necessary anymore. Yeah. But that's where my cousin uh, cousin Everett uh, lost his life. And, yeah, I was going to say one more thing, and this
5: had to do with some of my they would be like cousins uh, two generations before me on my father's side. We had three or four cousins. They'd be second or third cousins to me that I met growing up, all served in the military, right. uh, mostly around World War II and Korea. All of them came back. All of them used the GI Bill. Three of them got PhDs and one got a master's degree. Wow. And they went on to successful careers, mostly in the business world, one in academia. It was – I always thought that was a wonderful thing that our country did for those who served to offer them a chance to help pay for their higher education. And they still do. You know, yeah. They must- it made It made – my family,
2: uh, better Americans. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to have to take a break right now and come back on the other side with this fantastic interview. I hope you'll enjoy with Bud Moore on our uh, Veterans Day uh, celebration. I'm going to call it and honor uh, our, our veterans. And but hang in there with us too, because we'll talk more racing somewhere. We're going to. We got Nelson. We'll have to talk a little bit. But you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Drive-in Studio. <laughs>
1: Steve and Jerry here from the world famous Beacon Drive In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese. Hey plantain. I need plant flounder, cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world famous Beacon Drive In, John D. White Senior Boulevard I ain't in Spartanburg. Plant hey
6: plantain. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013.
7: Fox Sports
0: 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay, so for the rest of you. Download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400.
8: If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this. And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality, and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates. To make your tailgate number one, you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites, including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs, and brisket. Match any of those with our eight homemade sides like mac and cheese and potato salad and you have a winning team game day barbecue 165 west main street in duncan open from 10:30 a.m till 8 p.m wednesday through saturday so stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate game day barbecue we do things the old-fashioned way
0: So
7: by now you probably know that Steakhouse Restaurant and Billiards on East Main Street serves delicious burgers and steaks and has the best pool tables in town. What you may not know is that Steakhouse has recently extended their hours. That's right, Steakhouse is now open 24 hours a day and is even serving breakfast. So now you can enjoy pool tables, dartboards, cornhole, and classic arcade games anytime, day or night. Steakhouse Restaurant and Billiards, 2600 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Now open 24 hours.
0: The Friday Football Frenzy is presented by Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill. For the perfect weekend away, visit WateryRV.com. That's WateryRV.com.
2: Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg with uh, Ronnie Black, Greg Moore, the Mark Hauser and uh, yours truly, Perry Allen Wood, and I'm uh, glad and proud of this next uh, segment we're going to do because right now we're going to play a 14 minute um, there about recording that I made when I wrote the Bud Moore's book that we wrote together. This was recorded in Bud's kitchen on April the 20th, 2013. And if, if you hear a little tapping in the background, that's Bud slapping the, the table yeah we're sitting there and everything's set up on the counter there where he's on one side of the kitchen counter and i'm on the other and he's sliding his hand around on the formica and tapping it and all sorts of stuff <laughs> and i'm like you know i just let him go and it it happens a lot when you interview these these uh older gentlemen but ronnie let's uh let's play this and talk about it later
9: finally fought ourselves through the Zigbee line and had all kind of problems with them PO boxes, knocking one of them peel boxes out. One of our tanks and that couldn't even budge one of them. The only thing would knock one of them out to bring an 8-inch howler, artillery piece, and mm-hmm. it had to be about 200 yards and it'd blow the top off of them. But it took a while to ever find out exactly what, what would do it. At this point, have you been injured yet? Had you been shot? Oh, I've been, yeah, I done well, been I've done been hit several times with shrapnel. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to hear about that. If it's not, if well, something you don't want to talk about, don't talk about it. I don't want to talk about. I ain't talking, telling you about how many guys we lost and all that kind. I don't want to bring all that. Okay, but anyway, I don't. I'd already been hit with artillery and shrapnel uh, and all. Now you got five Purple Hearts, right? Yeah. Well, when did you get the first? One? I don't remember when I got the first. One. See, so the artillery shells start falling, and they'd have them air burst over you and all this stuff, and you get hit with shrapnel and pieces of shrapnel and all this stuff. And they send you back. They, the, 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 uh, the medic would come, you know, and he'd send you back to the, the rear end, to the, the uh, field hospital. And you go down there and they pick that shrapnel out of you. Then if they had to cut a little bit to get it out and deaden it a little bit, they'd do that. Then they put that on, they may put a stitch in it, but they put that old red m- methylate on it and put a band-aid on it. And a couple of three times, you know, I got hit. And I said, well, I'll be up the front lines for a few days. Shit, I went back over a couple of three hours and they send you right back. But uh, where did you get hit? If you can tell me, I got hit all over. I can show you places on I got hit several places, all over places, all over. When one of them shells bust and all, and uh, it ain't only, you know, that uh, the shrapnel from the shells, you get pieces of rock and wood and whatever it is. But I was lucky; I was on the front lines over nine months without being evacuated. And, uh, but anyway, we we were getting relieved. Well, then let me go ahead and get the. Go. Anyway, we after we got back, fighting through the Zigbee line, we got through. We, we just made the Moselle River crossing. That's when Romeo, ray taylor barry and best son well Patton pulled us back across the Moselle, and he we got back and he had us he's standing up on the courthouse steps in this little old town he had a megaphone in his briefness. And he says, boys, we got to go up to town called Baston. It's 90 miles away. we got to go up there and get the 101st Arab one out there, all surrounded up there. And he said, Romeo's kicking the hell out of him. He said, we got to go up there and get him out. And he said, we're going to leave here in 45 minutes. Going to kill every son of a bitch on the way. And we did. So there's already snow on the ground, about 10 or 12 inches. And it was cold as hell. So we started hiking. So we, we hiked all night. And they say we went 25 20, 25 miles that night. We was waiting on the tank division to come by. But here come the tanks. We climbed aboard the tanks, and we went to Baton. And we went up there and got him out. uh, That was General McAuliffe. Mm -hmm. General McAuliffe, he was the one that said nuts when they asked him to surrender. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, we went up there and got him out. And then uh, we turned back and uh, got him really running into Germany then. Got things really working up. we went the rest of the way across Germany, and uh, when the war was over, I was twelve miles out of from Czechoslovakia. And on May the second, we met the Russians right out of Pilsen, Czechoslovakia. Then they come down the war was only May 8th. Now, when did you uh, uh, capture the headquarters? <coughs> I know that story's been told, but I want. Well, this all happened uh, after. After uh, I'd like to hear it again. This all happened after Bastogne, and we were crossing Germany, and we was taking the to towns and. Uh, we had this objective up in front of us, there, and that was a town right there in front of us about a mile. And uh, I was sitting there with the, in the jeep with the jeep driver, and uh, the lieutenant said, boy, I said, boy, we're we going to here. I said, you, and the, you take the jeep driver, and he handed me a map, and said, y'all go up this road here and go across the hill up there, and he said, come on over to town. He said, we'll be there by then. So we left on this road. We left went up this dirt road when it's over the hill in here with the house sitting on the left and I seen a German soldier run out of it so I started firing and I had a water air-cooled machine gun mount on the dash of that Jeep I started firing into that house when <clears> there's <throat> was in the tracer, and I set the house on fire so here come two more soldiers coming in out of there well, one of them didn't the have his hand up. The other, he went across the field, and I think one of our guys got him, but he probably got killed. I'm not sure. Anyway, <clears throat> we set him on the hood that he was going on a the corridor. We get off the top of this hill, We're I supposed to make a right hand turn. We didn't. We went straight on. So we're going. And you got this German guy on the hood of the jeep. He was sitting on the front of the jeep. <clears throat> anyway. So instead of us making that right turn, we went straight on. And just as we got on over a little ways further, we got, I'd say, another three or four, 500 yards. It was a concrete, sort of a concrete block building. And uh, first thing you know, we got a started shooting it up. And I've seen this building, so I, I was, got down on my knees behind the jeep and I still had the gun on the dash and I was firing all in the windows and all in that concrete block house. So finally, told this the jeep driver he could talk a little German. I said, let's get him going there and tell him if he don't get out of We're going to pull a tank up here and blow that whole damn building. So we sent this German soldier up there. And uh, he left and went up there. And I uh, told him, I said, you're going to be the first one dead if you don't get him out of it. So he goes up there in about two or three minutes. He comes back out waving a flag. So about that time you know I couldn't believe it here comes about 15 so listed men, and five German officers come on they come. so we made them drop their belts and all this stuff you know and their guns so we, we knew then I got to look at Matt we done went too far so we, we had them back down to turn the jeep around we marked them back down so and we made that turn they didn't try to run away or anything no no I had them machine guns sitting there. No, I know you did. <laughs> they ain't gonna run away. <laughs> so they had you outnumbered at one time. Oh yeah, there's fifteen uh, there was five there's four or five German officers and there's I know there's fifteen enlisted men. So anyway if we we made a march back, and we going down there, and we finally got on the right road, going back in this over this little town. So we marched them over there, and we got around the lieutenant. My lieutenant said, "Well, oh, what in the hell was going on over there?" I said, well, "We was fighting a damn war, y'all wasn't fighting." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's where would all these come from? I said, "These is who we had problems with over there." <laughs> so. Anyway, I said, "Now what are you going to do with them?" I said, I'm, "Y'all got them now. I don't want them no more. <laughs> so, yeah, that was something else. Greg, what was you telling me about the, getting blown up in the in the jeep or something? Oh, that was. This was after I had got to. See, I got, I got, I got. This was. This was all happening before February 22nd. On February 22nd. See, the the deal was with, with going to get them out of Bastogne, and all this was Christmas time, okay? 40, 44. But right. so anyway, we done got them out of Bastogne. Then. We were getting relieved by the 5th Infantry Division. And we we were still on this side of the Rhine River. Anyway, we were getting relieved by the 5th Infantry Division. I got shot by a machine gun. I guess it was a machine. Gun. I got shot really through the Okay, and that's when I went to the hospital the first time. And they they finally the. Uh, I went to the 40th General Hospital in Paris. So they I got pretty well well and all this stuff. So what hospital? Just did, did you say the name? 40th General. Oh, 40th. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they. I got out of the hospital they sent me back to my unit so I get back how long was it did, did you say I got back out of the hospital and I joined my unit back in like April 2nd but I mean how, how long was that a hospital how long was your stay in the hospital from February 22nd to April 2nd April 1st April 2nd pretty close to a month and a half yeah okay so anyway we get back there wasn't no such thing as a ticket home, huh? No. Okay. But see, the problem was there, was myself and my company commander was only two that left out of the regiment. It hit the beach June 6. 6th. It hadn't been evacuated, mm-hmm. wounded or evacuated. We were supposed to come to the States on a 90-day rotation further on March 1st. <coughs> well, I got wounded. So he put it in my papers just for me to be sent back to the States, but somehow or another they got lost. Anyway, the company commander did go back to the States on her day birthday. But anyway, so when I got back to the, my platoon, my See, I had been promoted from out of the first gunner several months prior to that. So I was an instrument non-com. i put the guns in position and put them in action whenever they, they called for it. Anyway, I, what did you say? What kind of non-com? I was an instrument non Instrument? Yeah. Okay. okay. I was a corporal. Okay. Anyway, so the my south day, I had to be everywhere the lieutenant me. Our first platoon, which was the first lieutenant. He everywhere he went I had to go. Mm-hmm. So we were in this Jeep in this German hospital yard. We pulled up in the German hospital yard. And about that time the Germans had it zeroed in. They throwing in all that artillery and they bloat that damn Jeep slam out one us. And, uh, I got all splattered up again and all that kind of stuff. So he just got out of the hospital and yeah. he got hit again. He, uh, the lieutenant, he got splattered up and the jeep driver got hurt to worse. He got a couple of pretty bad places in his stomach. But anyway, we're back to the aid station And they took the shrapnel out of me and the lieutenant put the methylate on do center send our bus, bang. <laughs> but it wasn't long after that, uh, the way that things was and how uh, the Germans knew that uh, they were gone. And uh, as far as resistance thing got real black. By, but they knew they were gone you mean they knew they were whipped yeah and they were they were they were and everything yeah the whole time and yeah, the rest went across Germany and all this kind of stuff and that's like I say when I got to uh, we met the Russians on May the 2nd out of right out of filter across the bottom. and the war was over May the 8th and we was in this little town over there called Manton. Uh, that was the name of it. Oh, me, I think of the name. Anyway. Uh, Wyden, I believe, was the name of it. Down Wyden? Anyway. We was there then uh, on an occupation. The little town about the size of Capian's over there I had about three or four people in. And this was about twenty five or thirty miles back in the, in the gym. But we stayed there till before to come down It's gonna start sending guys back to the state to be discharged.
2: Well I mean what wow. an incredible story. And uh, that went on for Quite a bit longer than that, but I mean that yeah. that's a that's a war hero, a friend of this show, and um, and somebody that I'm I couldn't be man. prouder to uh, to have known during my lifetime. And Greg, that, that's a that's a heck of a heck of a dad you had there. Yeah, I mean you know it's it's, it's unbelievable. And, and you
3: know when I was a kid growing up, Daddy uh, never talk about it at all, and Mama used to always tell us, you know, we you go to school and you. You know, you'd read up about World War Two and everything, and basically all I know was, you know, that Daddy was in World War Two and and got shot. And that, that's not unusual,
1: you know,
3: especially for that generation. Yeah, and but he had he had a scar, like on, on his thigh, about as big as a silver dollar, were one one of the worst wounds he had. And he had shrapnel wounds that uh, you know you you could still see. Uh, but the reason we got into having to remember it and stuff, uh, we were still racing when it was the 50th anniversary of D-Day. And Ford Motor Company and NASCAR, first thing they wanted to do is, is send him over to Normandy to do do a thing and everything. But but the bottom line was he had to start talking about
4: it. Yeah. Um,
3: that was 1994, uh, right? In the middle of y'all. Yep, exactly. Y'all were still very active. And, uh... So he had, you know he, he got gathered thoughts and, and things and but basically what you know what what we heard a minute ago, which I, I'm a little choked up by hearing it, uh, he that that that's that's the way it was, and like I say, we just it wasn't really discussed that much except maybe bits and pieces here and there. Because Mama said he would have nightmares uh, all during the fifties, up to about the early sixties, and uh, you know, then once we got racing and everything, I guess you know some more positive thoughts right. know, come into it. But it's, it's amazing, you know, that that's uh, a tough generation. Yeah. yeah, like Perry's daddy and all of them, and 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 daddy and and all of them. I mean that that just. Let me put it this way: I, I I tried to help him in racing and everything, but I I couldn't fill his shoes uh, with both feet in one one shoe. But uh, super nice, Daddy. Great, uh, great just, guy. Just just, just uh, I miss him dearly. And like I say, it's going to be here a couple of weeks, and I think it's been one year.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh, but that and is, Bud, that is,
4: like a true hero. Always downplayed what he did. He was just doing his job.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: And you know that—that's when you know you're talking to a real hero when they don't want to talk about what they did, but what their brothers did, and the sisters. Yep. One did. One thing
3: he did—he did, he did mention—he uh, he had a cousin Mooneyham, and uh, anyway, he, he lost him when they pulled him back. They had to fight back through the line. Right. We lost Carl
2: Mooneyham in that battle. Well, you know, there's there's so many stories out there. We'll try to touch on some more. We've got some more time, but right now we're up against the break. You're listening to Start Your Engines Veterans Day Celebration.
0: Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM.
1: Steve and Jerry here from the world famous Beacon Drive In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over three hundred menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over seventy years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese. Hey Planty, I, plant, I, I deep flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join oh, Steve and Jerry at the world famous Beacon Drive In, no John D. White Senior Boulevard girl, in Spartanburg.
7: Hey well, Planty
3: tired of eating fast food for lunch every day? Wish you could have a good home-cooked meal but can't find the time? Well, now you can. Rascals Eatery on Asheville Highway is now serving lunch. So stop on in and enjoy a meat and three plate with choices like fried chicken, country ham, or chicken fried steak. All served with your choice of homemade veggies like green beans and mac and cheese. Rascals Eatery is conveniently located at 1455 Asheville Highway and is now serving these lunch specials every day from 11 to 3. Rascals Eatery serving the comfort foods
0: you crave. Want to text the show? Download our app to use the Elite Audio text line. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going
2: on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning, Nelson, and welcome to our Veterans Day. I'm calling it a celebration, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on Veterans Day, and I know you, uh, I think your father was a fighter pilot or something, but before we do that, that was a crazy race last week at uh, at Texas, and then it got even crazier about Wednesday afternoon. Uh,
11: It sure did, and, you know, Here they have this multi-million dollar optical scanning system that's supposed to be good to a thousandth of an inch, but yet they couldn't catch the uh, spoiler that was off 200,000. Something's not right.
2: (laughs) Well, is there any truth, do you think, to the fact that uh, um, the Stuart Haas people are saying that they were monkeying around with those things at Kansas and they were just doing what everybody else was doing? Or or, uh, is this something you think they uh, took upon themselves to do? Oh, no,
11: I'm sure they're not the only ones uh, that were doing it. Uh, they just happened to uh, get caught on it. But, you know, they've got all the rules. Cars are supposed to be straight. But to look at them, uh, you know, crabbing or stewing down the straightaway, uh, they got to. They have too many rules, but they've got to enforce some of the rules that they have. Uh, and. You know, like Bill Jr. said, I want to know, uh, I want the fans to know who won the race when they leave the racetrack.
7: Exactly. And, uh, with,
11: with all this monkeying around, and the big thing, which nobody's talked about yet, now that, uh, the paralegal betting is legal on stock cars, uh, what are the betting, uh, syndicates, uh, feeling about this? Uh, yeah, you know, there's got to be a ram- lot of ramifications uh, in that arena,
2: and I hadn't even thought of that. No, I had not either. Let me ask you this though: what there? And it sounds like there's some some question. I thought f- the first thing I heard was that the parts came from a specific vendor. I think I heard something like Robinson Engineering or something like that. But that spoiler comes manufactured outside of the teams and NASCAR. Um, gets them to supply the spoilers for all the cars and the one on harvick's car was one they fabricated themselves
11: uh that has not been clarified it's been alluded to but not been
2: clarified uh Because I would think there would be some sort of identifying marks on a manufactured uh, spoiler outside of the team, you know, like a serial number or a part number or something uh, stamped on there someplace uh, where it would be kind of hard to pull that off manufacturing your own part.
11: Well, most definitely. I mean, you know, when they were approving our lug nut, we had to uh, actually have the – lug nut uh, identification uh, laser-etched into the lug. Uh, when we were making harnesses, uh, they had to have the part number on, and we uh, have mandated harnesses for uh, a number of series, and each harness has to have a serial number on it. So, you know, there are certain ways to control it. Uh, You know, there are some uh, that have you know a laser etched uh, identification uh, code on it, like a barcode or QR code. Uh, And you know, sure, the technology is out there where you can duplicate it now. But you know, I just find it hard. They had to take that thing off and measure it and say, "Oh no, it's off this Uh, much—two tenths of an inch." It's a lot but then again it isn't there are lots more things on the car that you can make uh and get by with uh easier than that was it a legitimate spoiler did they change it i don't <clears throat> i don't know but they certainly uh nascar's got to get their act together because the fans are up in arms about
2: it. well you know i just find it hard to believe you can't figure out whether, you know, it was when they fabricated themselves. But moving away from that, what do you think about the penalties? I mean, um, I thought the the monetary penalty was, you know, kind of a... I mean, they probably got that... Tony Stewart's got $75,000 in, in his couch. But, you know, as far <laughs> yeah, as the... That's, that's front pocket money. He don't even get it in the back pocket for that. Yeah, one. I wouldn't even mess with that. But, you know, the... Uh, the the crew chief and who is it the team manager who are, are both suspended i mean they're gone for the rest of the year so they got some fill-ins there that i would think would be capable of maybe making a bad call or something it, it could affect the outcome of the race but um, harvick you know went ahead and put the car on the pole anyway do you think that the uh you think the penalty was severe enough and from what i understand nascar might be over the winter coming up with um some penalties to really hammer these guys if they get caught doing something like this?
11: The only thing that is going to uh, have a bearing penalty-wise if they take the win away, uh, or if you go through uh, you know uh, pre-race inspection and you're illegal, you get disqualified and can't run the race. Uh, but you've got to minimize the rules and virtually enforce the rules that you've got. But when you have so many rules and, you know, if you go through pre-race inspection and you're legal, uh, that should be it. Now, obviously, if you do something like Harry Dan had, uh, with Andy Petrie, where they put balsa wood underneath the springs for qualifying <laughs> and the car was, uh, plenty good when they went through inspection, they come back in after they qualified and the car was over an inch lower because the balsa wood had compressed and fallen out. Okay, uh that's a bright violation. Uh but it was also uh, very innovative. You
2: yeah. Know, yeah, there's been a there's, there's been, a, there's
11: been a... not IROC cars, even though they're trying to uh you know, make them like Iraq cars, Iraq went away because they couldn't get the sponsorship because the races kind of were boring. <laughs> that's the same thing that's happening now. Right. So, although some of the changes has made this year, the races have gotten much better.
2: Nelson, um I know you have a pretty significant military background in your family. Why don't you, um, as I would say, honor or discuss uh, some of the, the people in your family and close to you that uh, served in the military?
11: Oh, well, my dad, as you mentioned, was uh, part of power during World War II in Korea. Uh, but like everybody that era, they did not talk about it much. It wasn't until the last few years of his life that uh, he talked about anything. But like uh Greg was saying, uh, you know, my dad also, nightmares, you know, most of his life uh waking up the uh you know, uh, bed was sopping wet from sweat, you know, they were just reliving some of the uh things that happened. Uh my mother's brother, uh he had a uh, you know, history similar to Bud where he had multiple perp, uh purple hearts and bronze stars. So uh yeah, uh Most any uh, family from, uh, you know, uh, that era, we had a lot of people who, uh, you know, really uh, gave their lives, uh, you know, to the country. Maybe they didn't die, but uh, they suffered from their whole life from war experience.
2: You know, I'm an airplane nut. Quickly tell me, what did your father fly?
11: Uh, Hellcats uh, primarily. Uh, He flew a Japanese Zero that was captured and cool. the Army Air Force uh uh pilots said, Oh, it's unsafe to fly. This was out uh you know on the west coast. Uh and uh, they wanted back in Washington so they could uh you know uh overlook it and figure out, you know, the best ways to uh adapt what they had or, or you know, make a, a better mouse trap. So uh they said my dad, how about flying this thing and see how it is? My dad went up, to all kinds of aerobatics with it and said, hey, nothing wrong with this plane. He said, you know, uh, it's a little out of trim, but other than that, it's no problem. But my dad said it was uh, the most maneuverable uh, fighter plane that he'd ever been in up to that point because they were light and maneuverable. Our aircraft had a lot of uh, armor on them where the Zeros had no armor, so they were, of course, much lighter
2: yeah but the uh this is mark hauser yeah, wants to come
5: in and say however, hi. however nascar said the japanese plane was off by three one-tenths of an inch so it was disqualified <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I re- do i
4: remember uh, correctly that the zeros were actually originally designed by howard hughes
11: not sure about that uh howard of course uh you'll design many different aircraft uh and one which I had uh, the pleasure of, uh, you know, viewing was the Spruce Goose when they first brought yeah. it out to San Diego. And uh, I'm in line, you know, with a, a bunch of different people going to view it. And the guy in front of me had actually worked on it and explained that they had an observation post up in the tail of the aircraft uh, above the horizontal stabilizer. Uh, that was a couple hundred feet off the ground uh, where they could view the plane while it was pulled in flight. Uh, the plane was filled with big CO2 uh, uh, bottles uh, because Harold uh, was very concerned about fire. Everyone had to wear booties when they were on the plane, and there was supposed to be no smoking, but he said uh, the workers would smoke regardless until somebody saw use coming and then they'd snuff them out. Good. But, uh, you know. Uh, our World War Two and Korean, uh, you know, uh, soldiers, pilots, and whatever, were breed unto themselves. And, uh, you know, they didn't call them the greatest uh, generation for no reason because they truly were.
2: I know, and I know that Hughes originally had uh, designed the Spruce Goose to be a military transport. And um, I know that you had a lot of time uh, during... Uh, um, mark hauser's career here he's he's leaving us pretty soon and i know you were on i guess i think it was every wednesday for a segment with him and i we just wanted to have mark come in and i I don't know if you want to say goodbye or how you want to put it but (laughs) but go ahead mark i still have east
5: it no nelson thanks for all you've done for the station uh we we've appreciated everything you've done and appreciate the knowledge you've brought both to our show open mic for that time and certainly on dropping the hammer or uh, what was dropping the hammer and is now start your engines
11: okay well you know, certainly enjoyed working with you and uh you know going back to roy roger's days uh, happy trails till we meet again
2: <laughs> i like that thanks nelson that's uh uh nelson we're gonna take a break now and uh but look it was great hearing about your father's military history and your family and uh that's just, um, we're so proud of these people. We want to talk about them as much as possible, and hopefully we'll do this every year. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. All right, thank you. That's Nelson Crozier, who Ronnie is what? He's the, he's the smartest man I know. That's right. and uh, Period. We, um, we're going to continue on the other side with really just uh, kind of just a round table between the four of us here. Where we're going to talk about military history, maybe work in a lot of racing, uh, a little racing. And and uh, I, I got a few things I want to say about Mark. but oh. and, uh, and, and I'm going <laughs> to say them for everybody to hear. And then about 1130, a couple of
4: minutes before, Alex Smith will be in here to send you down to
2: Presbyterian College for football. That's right. So we're going to take a break right now and come back to uh, start your engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg
0: we are fox, fox. your home for bump and run weekday mornings at 7 is fox sports 1400 WSBG spartanburg now on fm at 98.3 fox sports trending
10: now this report presented by true car
0: online car shopping can be confusing not anymore With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the NBA Friday night, Gordon Hayward returned to Utah for the first time to the tune of booze and a loss as the Jazz prevailed 123-115 over the Celtics by a career-high tying 27 from Joe Ingles. Hayward had 13 points and 7 assists, but was 3 of 9 from the field. Karis Levert, the game-winning shot with .3 to play to give Brooklyn a 112-110 win at Denver, which dropped to 9-3. And in college hoops, Buffalo won a 13th-ranked West Virginia in overtime 99-94. As CJ Massenberg had 41 points with nine three pointers and 14 rebounds. I'm Isaac Lowen Kron. We are fun. Fox Sports 1400 FM's programming at 98.3 is presented by Upstate Logistics.
10: South Carolina Radio Network Sports. I'm Will Pelagic. The South Carolina Gamecocks facing the Florida Gators noon Saturday on ESPN. A win for USC would clinch them an over five hundred record in the SEC and a third consecutive bowl bid under Will Muschamp. This is Muschamp's second trip back to his former stomping grounds, where he coached for five years with the Gators. He compares this trip to Florida to his first at USC two years ago.
9: Well, we're an older team, number one. We have more experience on our football team, um, uh, but you know, for me, it's it's another SEC East opponent. Uh, I know that y'all have a hard time believing that, but it really is. We spend as much time at the office this week as we do in every single week uh, that we have. And uh, it's another great opportunity for our team on the road. And that's, that's you, if you want to continue to move the program forward, you got to win tough road games. And this will be a tough road game.
10: A noon kick Saturday on ESPN against the Gators. Clemson at Boston College Saturday night, 8 p.m. Also in front of a college game day crowd in Chestnut Hill. Head coach Davo Sweeney said a weak link of last year's team, while offensive line, has withstood injuries because of the depth they gained a year ago.
6: It's good. It's encouraging to know that you've got the type of depth you need to to sustain, you know, an injury or or whatever, um, you know, for for a game. You know, I don't I don't think we've got hopefully we don't have any seizing ending type injuries, but we've been able to withstand uh, a game here, a game there, a quarter here, a quarter there.
10: A win for Clemson clinches the ACC Atlantic and a fourth consecutive trip to the ACC championship game. Elsewhere in the state this weekend, Coastal Carolina faces Arkansas State, South Carolina State at Florida A&M, Furman's at VMI, Citadel faces Samford, Wofford is at Western Carolina, Charleston Southern versus Gardner-Webb, Presbyterian hosts Campbell, Newberry at Mars Hill, and North Greenville is at North Alabama. Will Pelagic, South Carolina, Radio Network Sports.
5: Do you have enough income in retirement many aren't prepared and risk outliving their future income you need a retirement income plan and that's where trent lancaster of janny montgomery scott can help call trent at 866-567-8282 for your complimentary personalized analysis of your sources of retirement income and expenses you may face call trent today and take a retirement test drive call 866-567-8282 or visit trentlancaster.com member finra nyse and sipc
0: Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay, so for the rest of you. Download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina.
1: Gentlemen, start your engine.
2: And welcome back to Start Your Engines on, from the Beacon Drive-In Studios on a beautiful Saturday morning. Absolutely. And let me clarify something I asked Nelson about. I just looked up.
4: The Japanese Zero was believed to have been designed after Howard Hughes' H1 racer. But that nobody can really give anybody credit. There is a Japanese designer created for the plane.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. If you look at that H1, that's what he set the transcontinental speed record in. And it looks a lot like a zero. It really does. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm an airplane buff. And I I know about some of Hughes' planes. And, and that's a famous one there. Yes. And, um, but I want to touch on, let's do a little bit of racing here before we sort of get into a roundhouse last year. Half hour here, and we're so thankful that uh, Clary and the people here at the station, Ryan Clary, is standing by in Clinton, South Carolina, to do PC they football. Are. So we're gonna get an extra the half Green hour Camel here. University today playing the Camels, but let's me let me talk a little bit here. That um, of course we all have already touched on Harvick. Got uh, he got the win last week, but he cheated and they took away the, <laughs> they took away points. And uh, does that mean we get to take away Nelson's win? Uh, oh, I didn't even tell him about that. Nelson, by the way, uh, won last week. If you're still listening, Nelson, I know sometime he does. Um, he tied up Ronnie. So Ronnie and Nelson have got four wins apiece on our little pick uh, pick 'em show. And we didn't get his pick. See if you can get him back on sometime during the commercial. Okay. We need to get his pick. And... Um, uh, <laughs> And I'm th- I'm at three. I'm one behind. So I've got a chance to catch and pass you guys. And uh, Greg's out of it. He's got, he picked one winner this year. So anyway, <laughs> we got so much into the military. Minute, I, I forgot all about the, it. I
1: thought he was but, the expert.
2: But that's only, that's only two less than you. Yeah, well, that's, but that's two, I got two more. <laughs> the uh the cup race tomorrow will be in Atlanta let me uh yeah well we'll do this first is is uh, not Atlanta in Arizona at the newly configured uh ISM International Speedway which is uh they moved the starting line from the middle of the straightaway over to halfway between the uh the first turn, first and second turn, and that little dogleg in the backstretch. So uh, this is all new. And last night watching part of the truck race, it was hard to figure out where the start-finish line was. Why did they do that? I hey, guess girl. just to give it a, a more of a, to have the start-finish line on a curve. Because Bill France started that when he made Daytona and actually Langhorn before that. So the spectators have a good angle to see the finish rather than looking down, a, looking down a straight line grandstand. So anyway, that's what they did and they used it last night. And what else they've got interesting? They've got these, I guess they're neon or something, cacti. All around the racetrack, and when it's good to go, the cacti are green, and then during the caution flag, the cacti are yellow. And then um, they even had a red flag last night, but I didn't notice if they turned red or not. But anyway, that's what they've got there. The race will be tomorrow afternoon, the next to last race of the cup season, which is the Can-Am 500. Can-Am, I think, are those off-road vehicles like they uh, haul me out of the... Creek when I had my heart attack, only that was a gator. But that's at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon on the Mothership NBC. And um, that will set the field. Now, there are three positions due to Harvey getting uh, disqualified for cheating. cheating. They, uh, there's Speaking three, of that. There's three spots open. for
4: Nelson picks the four again this week.
2: Well, okay. He's going to take the, the that lion... Kevin Harvick and his team. <laughs> and his team of um, fill-ins, since they, uh, since they kicked about half of them out. No, they kicked two. they They're suspended for the year. Yeah,
4: I, I officially file under protest.
2: Well, well, we'll have a recount at the end of the season, okay. just about like the one they're having in Florida right now. And <laughs> Georgia. But, but, you know. Uh, and Arizona. If I may digress, I was the head, I was the supervisor for the Florida Department of State in 1990. And that's under the Secretary of State. And they had us, the night after that 1990 election, walking to creek banks looking for ballot boxes, and we found them. Really? Uh, well, well, Intercoastal Waterway, actually, it wasn't a creek. It, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> some shenanigans <laughs> down Not there. this was
4: when Perry was with Secret Service.
2: No, this was when I was with uh, the Florida Department of oh, State. okay, okay. Florida Department of State, and uh, they made a movie out of it called Recount. Which Who played is, you? Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. <laughs> Harpo Marks. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's, we're going to try to finish up with some racing here. The Xfinity boys are still going at it. Oh, wh- what I was going to say is that uh, that disqualification knocked uh, Harvick all the way back to um, three points above the cut line. So he's three points ahead of um, Kurt Busch and 17 points ahead of Chase Elliott with Eric Amarola and uh, Clint Boyer further back, but this could really scramble it up, and there's a chance that, uh, that you know, Harvick might not make it at all. The only one in going to Homestead so far is Logano for a win. Hey, and
4: listen, I had not thought about what uh, Nelson brought up about the, the off-track betting.
2: Yeah, uh, that there's, that, you know, that's, there's going to be some black limos driving up the, to some of these the, shops the and the stuff. noses. Uh, exactly. Hmm. And um, anyway, they qualified yesterday, and Harvick did um, well. Let's get the rest of our picks in here. By the way, he took, <laughs> he took, he took, uh, he took Harvick. Harvick, That's Nelson, go ahead. Who who would you like there, uh, Ronnie? I'm going back with the 18 again. He's going to go with the 18. I'll go with. Uh, I got to go with Chase because he needs it. What do you think there, uh, Gregory? Well, I've been hanging with him
3: about all year long, and I think they've had a pretty good season with him. Yeah, no, but
2: I'm going to go with Wood Brothers and Menard. Okay, so we got that out of the way. And I tell you, usually I try to get that out of the way first and I almost clean forgot it. The Xfinity boys are also... Who did also, you pick? I picked uh, Chase Elliott. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going with him for the duration. Can I get A.J. Foyt? Is he available? No, he's not. Uh, or I would I'll be give picking him to you, though, Mark. Okay, give me A.J. Foyt. Taking him. He's yeah. got a chance. Plus the points. He's uh, got as
4: much <laughs> chance as, as I do.
2: Get the name of this race for today. This is, uh, this is I guess, why NBC doesn't put the... The sponsor of the race, usually. This is the Wheelin Trusted to Perform 200 today, (laughs) which is a ridiculous name for a race. But that's Xfinity Race, which is also on NBC today at 3.30 going up against, uh, who's the big CBS game at 3.30? Whoever that is, uh, The SEC game, probably will uh, not be affected too much by the Xfinity. I'll be at Burns. Yeah, and you'll be at Burns watching uh, watching the high school boys and uh, calling it. Over the PA system. The uh, the driver standings for the Xfinity, though, Tyler Reddick has a seven-point lead over Elliott Sadler, Daniel Hemrick, and um, Justin Allgaier. But as far as going to Homestead goes, it is um, Cole Custer has the one win that got him in, followed by, by Tyler Reddick, who's 20 points um to the good of the cut line Elliot Sadler is 13 points to the good and then Daniel Hemrick is 12 points to the good with uh, Justin Allgaier, Matt Tifton Christopher Bell and Austin Sendrick following. I'll come back and try to touch on the the trucks and uh, the Formula 1 which is over we are listening to we will also say our official goodbyes to our good friend Mark Hauser we certainly will even if we have to knock Clary back 20 minutes That won't happen, I promise. (laughs) Please please don't. We're not going to do that. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start
0: Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3
1: FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world famous Beacon Drive In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese. Hey Plante, I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. (laughs) Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world famous Beacon Drive In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey
7: Plante.
2: Hi, this is Perry Allen Wood inviting you to join Ronnie Black, Greg Moore, Nelson Crozier, and me Saturday mornings for Start Your Engine. We'll talk auto racing around the world and locally, including interviews with racing legends and current newsmakers. That's Start Your Engine Saturday mornings at 10 here on Fox Sports 1400 and 983 FM.
6: Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. In high school, there's nothing better than being part of a winning team on Friday nights. When you graduate and go out on your own, you still want that winning spirit. Create your own salon with the Salons by JC team and keep those dreams alive. Our fall special for all stylists and barbers is only $99 a week for four weeks, but suites are limited. Call for your confidential tour at 586-5404. Mention this ad for an additional discount. Let the Salons by JC team help build your business. 1855 East Main, 586-5404. Join Cole
0: Bryson and Dean Bridges for the Saturday Sports Report. Saturday mornings from 7 till 9 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3.
2: Welcome back to Start Your Engines for our final segment. And uh, just let me say one thing I left out. The trucks go to Homestead um, with Brett Moffitt leading the points. Justin Haley is second. Johnny Souter is third, and Noah Craxton is fourth. And those are the ones that are going um that are are, are leading with with on the inside, on the outside, trying to get in our get in are Matt Crafton, Grant Enfinger, Ben Rhodes, and Stuart Friesen. And um I want to say uh before we go, we got Mark Hauser in the studio with us today. And when I first started here, because Greg called me up and said, Come um, uh, uh, i was at a soccer game with my family my kids were little kids playing aso soccer and we went to the cellar after the soccer games were over and in fact bud moore was the guest um that day with uh and mark was running around hooking up wires and everything uh, that's right The cellar,
4: to get it to work in the cellar the yeah. cellar
2: was in <laughs> is in the basement of what is now guacamole grill and, yeah that's right yeah. and um from there a couple of months later or so uh I got a phone call or an email or something. Must have been a phone call from Mark saying, um, "We'd like you to to do some things, maybe for the show." And we went to some. We met at some barbecue joint nearby here, and with me and you and Charlotte Jones and uh, Oh my gosh, yeah, and uh, Dale Wilkerson, yes, might have been, and my daughter. Little tiny girl yeah. who ordered a half rack of ribs, and uh, I said, "Hannah, you can't eat a half a rack of ribs." And so we all we had ribs that night at home. I can tell you, <laughs> but the point of the matter is, Marcus had our back from the start. Even when um, I wasn't that involved in the show, he got me involved. He and Greg actually, and got um, got us time to be on the show, and uh, just did everything I think he could possibly do. And when I asked. That we needed something like time or whatever. I went through Mark, and Mark's had our back. And I just wanted to have him on here and thank him. And we're going to miss you, and um, stay in touch. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I
3: want to point out, Mark Hauser is one of. No, I'll say he is the best, the best sports announcer I've ever heard, and a lot of people miss him doing the football games like he did, and. Uh, there's a lot of talent uh, in in Mark. And if it wasn't for Mark, you know, we were talking about the cellar, you know, we had some technical trouble and I fooled around, and got mad and, and quit for a couple of weeks. Mark <laughs> called me up and, and he said, Gregory, he said, you got to, don't panic. That said, you're going to have those problems. We had an echo or something going on. And I told Mark, I said, I, I won't, Chief, I won't let you down again. So I've tried to fulfill everything. But, 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 but Mark, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him, and uh, we're gonna miss him a lot.
2: If we figure something out. We're gonna try to. Kidnap him, keep him here, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to call him up out in Fields, Oregon, and uh, we'll do that and talk to him every once in a while. <laughs> We're going to do it. Uh, well, Mark, uh, give us your thoughts on this and uh, well, and how much you're going to miss us. Well, first of all, uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> immensely. Um, no, no. Uh,
5: this show has been good for Spartanburg. Uh, this show has been good for this radio station, and I think it's it's been great for race fans, both old and young. Uh, the guest list that you guys have, thanks to, to Greg and Greg's connections in the business and Perry with your your writing books and, and, of course, Greg's dad, Bud, before he passed away. The guests you've had on this show make national shows jealous.
2: Uh, well, they do. I, I think our, we have the best guests of any shows, you know, as far as nationally known. Uh, yeah, look who we've got right now. Well, yeah, well. But, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, not that many shows get Mike Helton. Right. Who, who runs the whole thing. And Parnelli Jones. But, but anyway, Kelly go ahead. Arborough and uh,
5: just, uh, I, I put, Alli- Davey Allison. I mean, the names you've had on this show are, are iconic. And I think it's great that Spartanburg has a connection to that. You've always honored Spartanburg's connection to the racing world, uh, you know, Cotton Owens and David Pearson, and obviously Bud, and and it's made the show very, very special. And I, I'm, I've always um, fought to keep this show on the station, and you know, I, I, from afar, I will continue to be your biggest advocate. But I appreciate all you guys have done. Um, it's, uh, you know, you're not you're doing it for the love of it because I know none of you are, are making. Bank on this, no, I might have sold a book somewhere, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. All right, and your books are good, by the way. I enjoy your books, Thank I've got two or three of them now. Uh, you got them all colored, uh, yes, I do. Uh, all <laughs> in between the lines and paint <laughs> by number and all that. But I, I still love Perry's Silent Speedways book, where you go to the tracks that no longer run, and you know, you, the way you paint the picture, how some are overgrown now, and what used to happen there. I mean, you can just You can almost see, hear, and smell what it would have been like
2: when they were running. Well, actually, you know, that's what got it started. If I hadn't written that first book, which I call the franchise, you know, you guys would have never, I'd have never done this. I'd have never gotten picked up on this because I had something to promote. You all let me promote it. And that music CD I did that time that Ronnie still doesn't use for the the breaks. But uh, (laughs) I don't set the break music
5: up. Oh, okay, That would be me. I know. I'm a slacker.
2: But anyway, you all helped me. You and the station uh, have helped me promote all that stuff, even before Ryan Clary got here, who I think personally, and I've said this before, uh, he and uh, uh, the Delaney's uh, saved Spartanburg Radio. They did. Oh, they absolutely I did. I mean, we were out of business when the, before the tower fell. And then the tower fell, they got us back in business. Right. Um, especially after the tower fell, I guess, for uh, Ryan and... And the Delaneys, and um but you were always there with, with Matt Smith before. Smitty. Smitty. Yeah. With
4: it being back in local hands, the Delaneys have more of an interest in keeping it going than our former out of town.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and we, we want to do everything to promote Spartanburg. And, uh, Greg and I have been known to go out and look for sponsors and stuff when we had to have sponsors to stay on the air, which we found, um, as, as needed. But anyway, Mark, you've just, you've just been, uh, You've had our back. Well, I, I, again, I, I A, and, and Greg is right. You are the best announcer, and I told oh. you that. You remind me of, I almost said Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harlan. <laughs> he cheats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've said that so much. You, that is who you remind me of, and I Thanks. love to listen Kevin listen to Kevin Harlan do uh, sports on the radio and on um, on television. But you are. Uh, I hope this voice won't be silenced forever. I don't know if well, you'll be doing Ducks games or whatever out there. Yeah, but you, I doubt it. <laughs> I'm going to be six hours from Eugene. Then, well, so, uh, the
5: closest uh, major college to where I'll be living is Boise State. That's oh, about three hours.
2: Well, they, I think they've probably got a broadcast do, team.
5: And they've got a very good announcer.
2: But uh, there's others. There's, there's other there's other sports out there. I mean, high school, something. You know, you need to keep your mouth up close to a microphone oh, is all you know, I can Mark say. Mark
4: and I have actually known each other, I guess, around 10 years oh, Easy. But I feel like I've known him for over 20 because of his work at Walford. Yeah. Well, you used
5: to work at Walford, yeah, I worked too.
4: Yeah. It, 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 we actually we went there about the same time. Right, right. But I actually met him about 10 years ago, and, and, and I like to think that we have become good friends. Yes. And we, we often commiserate politically.
5: Every now and then. We'll, Every
4: now and then. We'll
5: share an opinion. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm
5: really going to miss that. I know you're going to be excited to get back with you, honey. I am. You know, I was thinking about it the this morning. Uh, Jen moved out there August of last year yeah. to work at the school she's she's working for. And, and the school district I'm going to be working for. Out there, yeah. Tell the folks what you're going to be yeah, doing. Yeah, I'm going to be driving the bus for Jen's school. Yeah, so <laughs> the bus, the bus. Well, there's two. Oh, there's two. two bus routes. Oh, I've got the south route. Alicia, who's very nice, has the north route. <laughs> you can't do it all in one route because some kids come from 60 miles away north, and I've got kids about 45 miles away east, west, and, and south of the school.
2: I hope there's a camera in this bus because I've seen some great in bus uh, footage. You know, on the internet and everywhere. You know, and I, I, yours is going to be a scream.
5: These kids are pretty well behaved. Are they? Yeah, well, they're rancher kids. They they all got to work. Yeah. Um. Their parents keep a pretty good hammer on them in a good way yeah uh and i've met all of them because i've been out there enough now and i've visited with jen's classes and and her friend stacy who teaches the upper grades uh these are good kids i mean will they become will they get a little antsy and, and test me early of course that that's, that's the their nature job. of children but uh yeah it, it should be different it's gonna be different
2: oh, gonna i'm be not gonna tough. be satisfied
5: till you're back behind the mic someplace well, I don't know they've got eight man football for the high school out there, well, then you know it's, it's only
2: a hundred miles away then you <laughs> your your preparation shouldn't be that tough
5: yeah less <laughs> less you know in fact that when we were there, I went to see the number one eight man team in the state play the number three team, and it was a community event it was it
2: was really cool. It's a lot well, of fun. I'll tell you what that's uh. We're going to miss you, Mark. We'll miss you, too. And uh, we never had a crossword. No. No. Mm, Which is tough with me. I mean, I I had a fight with Greg coming over in the car. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. But, But, uh, Mark, we miss you. We love you. And thank you for everything.
5: I love you guys, too. And I appreciate everything you've done uh, keeping this show going. And, again, I think it's a, a great thing that you keep the upstate connected with its racing roots. Fantastic.
2: Well, thank you very much. I know Greg and I appreciate it. And um, that does it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the Veterans Day celebration and honoring our veterans. We're going to go directly from here to Clinton, South Carolina for Presbyterian College football versus the Campbell Camels and Ryan Clary. Thanks for listening. Keep it between the fences.
7: Even if you're a big-time basketball fan, there might be a few facts about the game you don't know. Like, did you know that the first hoops were actually peach baskets?